We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. A major focus of the Bible is loving others, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, gave us the perfect example to follow. During his time on earth, Jesus proved himself to be approachable, conveying his love in the most tangible ways, and eventually providing direct access to God by faith in him. Considering Jesus' example, we ought to be highly motivated to make the saving message of the gospel accessible to everyone. On our last episode, we were blessed to hear the testimony of Rick and Wendy Huntress. We're honored to have them back with us for today's episode on the importance of being loving, considerate, and accessible. Rick and Wendy, we've, we're always uplifted when we see brothers and sisters in Christ like you who have gone through horrible, life-altering situations and yet still sing God's praises. One of the aspects we appreciated about your book, Better to Be Broken, was that it was bigger than just your story. You also gave us a look at how the accident affected other people around you, and you expressed a lot of gratitude for the people who really stuck by you and helped you adjust to life after the accident. Would you tell us about some of that help and encouragement you received from family and church? The family was wonderful. Um, Rick Rick was told that when we got out of rehab and back home that he'd be able to do anything. So next thing you know, he'd be in the tub and not able to get out. (laughs) So his father would, would just come down whenever we called. He drove 45 minutes and was there like he jumped in his car and um and which by the way is quite embarrassing for a 36 year old son to have his father pulling him out of the bathtub just so you know (laughs) he realized the drive-in shower is a little heavier (laughs) with time but um church family was wonderful so supportive and just coming to visit and encourage in any way helping whatever the job they saw that needed doing we had friends, we we were used to um, taking summer vacations up at the lake, which is up here in Maine. And um, we had people coming up at one church group and then a friend, um, Mark, coming up and building ramps on the camp. And by the time, he, he, widening all the doors, that was true. By the time Rick was getting out of rehab, um, people were making our house very accessible and the camp. We thought that was quite the extra mile. And it was, we just very much felt cared for. We would go around, like if I do errands, um, Rick and I went to the town hall once and heard from this lady saying, oh, I've been praying for you. Our whole church is. And mm-hmm. people just talking and encouraging wherever we went. And um, we we very much appreciated you know, the support from everyone we came in contact with. Yeah, I was, I was absolutely flabbergasted when I would have people uh, email me or, or send me cards from literally, I mean, around the world, 
people yes. I had no idea who they were uh, saying that they were, you know, had been praying for me. They had heard about my accident. Um, and I still run into people like that today, 22 years later. Um, so it, it still amazes me how far reaching God has used my injury. And you guys, in, in your question, you, you, you specify family and church. And they were obviously the, the biggest support group that I had. Oh, and one thing that this is uh, kind of funny, but all the cards that I got, Wendy wallpapered my hospital room with them. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I had walls covered, windows covered, furniture covered with cards. Wow. It was, you know, it was like wall-to-wall cards. I mean, so, and it just really, you know, I mean, it looked, might have looked silly to some people, but it was a huge encouragement to me uh, to know that all these people really cared, you know, enough to, you know, to go through something like that. And, and, and the third group that I'd like to add in there were just friends uh, that I had over the years. Um, a traumatic injury will very quickly tell you who your real friends are. Um, at least in my case, um, I had people that, you know, I had always kind of considered as friends and all of a sudden I'm not able to do their thing anymore. So, well, so long, Rick it was nice knowing you wow. and I'm like, okay, I get it. And so I experienced some of that, but I also had some friends that stuck by me from 22 years ago uh, till today. Um, uh, there's a, a general and a two-star general in the Air Force. Uh, he regularly contacts me. I mean, a two-star general doesn't just pick up a phone and call people. Right. But he does. And he'll call me and ask how I'm doing. And uh, he's helped me through some rough spots with red tape. And there's always red tape and everything. Um, and then a friend of mine, Andy, uh, he's helped me up at the, the lake and doing things and just going out for an ice cream with me and just has remained a good friend, uh, you know, all these years. And Tabitha, this one kind of strikes me funny. And you probably have this same friend is Dr. Bob the third. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that man is incredible. Yes. Um, but he had, he'll, he sends cards uh, when his wife was still alive. They both would send cards. We went on a cruise with them. Um, that was fantastic. Uh, and he will call me or wants me to call him and, you know, just to check up and say hi. And someone in his position certainly does not need to do that. Right. So for me, that just shows the Christ likeness that he has and what an encouragement that is to me uh, when I saw all these people, you know, like surrounding me in a circle of love mm. and, and care that I knew, you know, was God ordained uh, that, you know, God as a sovereign God knew this was going to happen and already planned for these people to be there for me when I needed them. Mm. Support is, is vital. Yes. We hear so often of these 
people who have had a sudden injury or they've got a chronic illness, they feel forgotten. I think we have a lot of times if it's an out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) So if people are struggling and they're not in in the church for maybe months at a time, they can feel like nobody's remembering them. So it's really important to be there. And our church down south and our church up here um, has always been there. Um, God's family to us is God's family. It's like family is family and you take care of family. Mm -hmm. And people have done that for us. And we in turn have the privilege of doing that for others that need us. Right. Well, along the lines of the church, what do you think it means to be an accessible church? Is it more than just a ramp? A lot more than just a ramp. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or a blue sign with a wheelchair on it outside of a lot of businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just amazes me, not just churches, but it's getting better. It's getting better. And, you know, and I've been outside the country a lot after my injury. And and Tabitha in India, I'm sure accessibility was not high on the totem pole of getting things done. So, but here, um, at least for myself, um, when I've gone around to different churches speaking, they did things uh, as, as much as they could to make the church accessible for me. Uh, they may not have had a ramp, but they would have one built or they would put in a temporary ramp or they had four or five big burly guys. And I mean, big and burly to pick me up one church that we went to the sanctuary was two floors up. And the only way to get there was stairs. Mm -hmm. So they picked pastor Mailer up and brought him up while I sat down there and watched to make sure they didn't drop him. (laughs) Then they came back down and picked me up, and I sang, Great is Thy Faithfulness, all the way to the top. <laughs> but um, they, so the people try, and, and, you know, so, and it's getting better. And our church has done a lot of things um, since my injury uh, in, okay, we've now got one person in a wheelchair. He may bring me in bring in more people in wheelchairs we've got some people in our church that they may not be in wheelchairs but they still cannot go up and down stairs Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of older people are physically disabled to a point of you know they can barely get into the church let alone do anything else once they're in the church so they took uh, for instance at our church they removed all the pews upstairs and put in chairs so the uh, fellowship hall, which was down a very steep set of stairs, is now upstairs where the sanctuary is because they can move the chairs out of the way and set them all up around tables. Uh, so something like that. Um, our church is looking at putting in an elevator uh, to go down stairs to still be able to use that area so that I can go down there and that other people can go down there. So the churches are looking at making some changes. And I know it's not just our church. I've been to other churches and, and they're doing the same thing. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know. It's definitely more than a ramp. That's for sure, Paul. But 
I do see them trying, even if they only have a ramp, the, the people in their heart have a lot more than a ramp. Right. Right. Along those lines, again, uh, when someone in a wheelchair comes into, you know, either our home or church, we certainly want to make them feel as welcome as, and comfortable as possible. Would you give us a crash course, no pun intended, <laughs> in wheelchair etiquette? What are some do's and don'ts to keep in mind? Oh, I've learned a lot from watching Rick. Um, one thing that he really appreciates is eye level. When somebody's talking to him, he doesn't like to look way up high. Right. After a while, neck. neck hurts, yeah. <laughs> and so I just, I, I'm just fascinated with how many people automatically do that. Men will just either get down, grab a seat right there. But um, he appreciates that so much. And... Um, Another thing about wheelchair etiquette, I was the type that if I saw somebody in a wheelchair, I wasn't going to run up and say, how come you're there? But if we have somebody at church or to the house, I very much realize that I shouldn't shy away from that. I want to hear their stories, hear what they've been through. And that was a learning thing for me. Hmm. Um, And people... I mean, they care that you care and want to hear their story, and it's neat when they talk. But another real big thing for Rick is space. He doesn't want to feel squished in. If we have somebody over, we make sure the furniture's pushed back, and we make sure there's plenty of space. And Tabitha, you've been in our house in Greenville before, right? I believe so, yes. Yes, okay, well... We had a Christmas party there one year, and we had 25 wheelchairs in our house. Wow. Oh, wow. I thought this wreck was claustrophobic. (laughs) But it was just like, okay, so all, anything that was not nailed to the floor got moved to the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And we basically, if you were able-bodied, you had the privilege of standing for the night, you know? (laughs) Uh, We did not have a lot of chairs around. Uh, because the wheelchairs needed to get from room to room. We had a buffet set up over in the kitchen area and then the dining room area. And it's nice if you can do it yourself rather than relying on somebody, what would you like? And then going to get you a plate and bringing it back to you. Right. Uh, You know, you feel more independent. If you can go see what's on the buffet and pick out what you like, even if somebody's carrying your plate for you it's still nice to have that privilege of saying i would like some of that please or no i can't stand broccoli so you don't need to give me any of that (laughs) but um i'm learning a lot right now (laughs) so we just always made sure that we had ample space for people um uh, one thing one thing that um is Difficult for wheelchairs, uh, scatter rugs. Is that what they're called? Those little rugs that? Yes. Okay. Okay. That you have every, like one in front of the sink, one in front of the bathroom, one in front of wherever. Right. Um, just take care of them for the night because it was like every time you run over a scatter rug, it gets wrapped up in your wheelchair wheels and there you are stuck trying to get out of it. Yeah, you know. And so it's like those things are a nuisance. I don't know who invented them, but I don't want them. But, but just, you know, little things like that. And I re- I have relied on Wendy a lot and the kids uh, because they, in watching me go to different places, knew 
dad can't do that and here's why. And so at our home, we wanted to make sure that if somebody wanted to do something, they could do it. And we had, um, we made it in our room, the wheelchair accessible bathroom was the bathroom that we left open for all the guests that would come because a wheelchair can't fit into a smaller bathroom. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, they would go through our bedroom and into the wheelchair accessible bathroom and use that. So, you know, it just, we have, we, you, you need to, for able-bodied people, the best thing you can do is rent a wheelchair, sit in it yourself for a couple hours and roll around in your house and see how you feel. Hmm. And you will be amazed at how many things you're going to change once you stand up again. Right. Well, a moment ago, we were talking about encouragement from your understanding of God and his word do you believe it's important for all of us as believers to encourage and advocate for people with disabilities and if so what are some practical ways we could offer them support within our church and community I definitely believe that we should be supporting those never look at a person as just an injured person in a wheelchair. Um, it's a person just like you or anybody else. And throughout the Bible, the Old and New Testament, both, you really see it's huge to love others. And um, there's so many verses on it. I could just pick them over and over. But one is in Mark 12, verse 30, love God, love others. Um, Hebrews 10, 24, be concerned for one another, love and encourage one another. And that's just what we should be doing. Um, um, we're supposed to love God's people. We're supposed to love those who don't choose to be, to choose to be, um, to accept Christ as Savior. And that's just one small way that we could, we just love our neighbors as ourselves. We just love, love on people and show them who God is by doing that. Mm. And um, definitely people... And wheelchairs can use a little extra help. Um, in the church, they need to feel wanted, like they're never a bother. In the community, the same thing. Buildings need to be made accessible, sidewalks, roads, anything that um, would make life a little easier for another human being. Um, if, if we're able, we should be working towards that, helping helping those that need a little extra help to be able to live a normal life. One thing that we um, experienced, uh, uh, we had a lot of, in Maine in the wintertime, uh, the small towns, the restaurants will just close down for a couple of months. Uh, like January, February, they shut down snowbirds. They'll go to Florida for a couple of months and then they come back. And we had a favorite restaurant in York Beach, Maine, that we would go to. Yeah. And when we, after my injury, and, and see, we had never thought of this before my injury, but after my injury, we were sent, you know, got in my van and off we go to go to our favorite restaurant. And we get there and there was at least on each door to get into the place, a 12 inch step. The very, only one step, but it was like, 12 inches or higher to get in. And the owner of the restaurant who we're friends with, she saw us 
and she couldn't believe it. She came out and her and Wendy wrestled me up that step uh, to get me in there. She was pretty determined, but she couldn't believe, first of all, you know, my injury and everything else like this, but she couldn't believe. She said, I've never noticed that we don't have a ramp here. Hmm. And she said, that's horrible. She said, I don't care what the zoning in this old town is. We're going to get a ramp. That next year we came back, she had a beautiful ramp. She greeted us, eager to show it off. Eager to show off her ramp. (laughs) And, you know, and so, and there's a little restaurant in the town where we live that they keep a little ramp up against the wall beside the door because they know we go there a lot. So when we come, all we have to do uh, is flop the ramp down and Wendy can roll me up to go in, you know. So... People see us and and they know us and they're eager to help. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's something Now the practice, the, the money side of that can be a problem for a lot of people in wheelchairs. Uh, They may not have the right insurance or good resources to start out with or family support or all these different things that I was very blessed with. And one thing I found out um, that there's a lot of groups in every state and federal uh, organizations also that do offer funds to people with disabilities. And one that I worked for um, in South Carolina, the Department of Disabilities and Special Needs, I chaired the commission for two years uh, on the Uh, mayor's cabinet. And it was interesting. I learned so much, but um, in, in getting funds and all of a sudden it's a, sadly, but it's a political game. Uh, And, but the money is there uh, in many, many places to help people that really need it. They just need somebody that can get out there and advocate for them to get the money. You need to learn how to do it. Um, You can start out slow, you can work up, you can talk to people, you can get to know people. You have to become a politician. And I did that for two years. Um, I'm not afraid of speaking in front of groups or two people. I figure if I can pray to God, I can talk to anybody down here. So, um, but, so I just wanted to let your listeners know that if you know somebody with a disability that really cannot afford to do things, that need things, um, start, uh, read blogs on disabilities, uh, check out, uh, you can Google disabilities in your state under DHHS. Uh, there, there's money out there that can be had. You just need people to go out and get it for them. And Wendy and I have been doing that now for 22 years, and we're still, we find, we thought we would move to Maine and take a permanent vacation, and God had other things in plan for us. Even moving up here, uh, we find that we're still doing the same thing that we did in South Carolina. We're just now doing it in Maine. Mm -hmm. So I guess God isn't through with us yet. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. Rick and Wendy? We want to thank you for being so transparent and sharing your story and reminding us of God's grace and goodness. And thank you for giving us a better insight on encouraging the disability community. 
Well, thank you for having us on. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.